0: This week on Personally Speaking, our guest is the wonderful actor Billy Gray. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Gemosanti, and Billy Gray joins me now. Billy's film and television career spans over 40 years. He starred as Bud in the television series Father Knows Best, earning him an Emmy nomination, and he acted in more than 200 movies opposite stars, including Humphrey Bogart, Bob Hope, Patricia Neal, and Barbara Stanwyck. From 1970 to 1995, Billy was a Class A motorcycle speedway racer and race promoter. He then turned to inventing and entrepreneurship. He then turned to inventing and entrepreneurship. Billy's here with us today to talk about his life, his career, his family, and the values that matter the most to him. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, Billy Gray. All right. Thank you, Billy Gray, for coming on our program. Oh, it's good to be here. You know, Billy, I realized I was working for an organization called The Christopher's, and we came out to Los Angeles 18 years ago to do shows, and you and I did a television interview. So it's good to get together with you every 18 years, whether we need to or not. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, Billy, let me begin with a question. A lot of folks know, obviously, about your acting career, but not as many people know, and I I was kind of surprised by the depth of your motorcycle speedway racing career. But here's my question. When you get on that motorcycle, how do you work to overcome fear of death, fear of disability, when you get on that machine and know that you're vulnerable, what do you do to put away the fear?
1: Well, I, uh, my sister, uh, when I was very uh, five years old or so, took me up to uh, uh, Yosemite and uh, taught me how to ski, snow ski. Wow. And I, uh, I, was, I was one of these kind of kids that just uh, had no fear at all. And I fell down every time I took off, I fell <laughs> down. And so I learned how to fall down. I, I, I became very, very good at falling down, actually. And, and as a matter of fact, I turned it into a little kind of a, an event. Uh, after I tumble around, I, I'd, I'd try and end up on my feet and go, ta-da, you know, as if it were, <laughs> if it were my intention to fall down. So I, I kind of have a nice relationship with failure. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm on the motorcycle, I kind of have the same approach. I, I, I fell down a lot. That was, I was the king of falling down yeah. because I always tried to go faster than my ability, and, uh, and, and, and it usually ended up falling down. And I tried to make a thing out of that, too, with sliding around and coming up and going to duh. So I really didn't have any fear of falling down. A a fearless
0: Billy Gray, a fearless Billy. Billy, did you, all these years you were doing this, motorcycle racing, did you sustain like serious injury?
1: I did. uh, I separated a collarbone uh, uh, one time, and uh, and that was the uh, you know, thousands of bruises and bumps and scratches and scrapes, mm-hmm. but nothing, nothing really serious. I, I went out of the, out of my way to, uh, uh, protect myself though. So I got started in the, in the racing of the motorcycles, uh, when I was like 30, I think. And, and, and I was racing against kids, basically 18, you know, and, and, and I, uh, Knowing that I, I, I was over my head most of the time, <laughs> I went out of my way to protect myself. I, I, put, uh, I invented a lot of things uh, uh, around protecting myself. I wore uh, uh, football uh, guards on my thighs, and hockey, uh, 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 in, in hockey, they have a uh, kind of a girdle. That goes underneath their uniform, and I modified that girdle so that my hip, my hip pointers were covered in plastic, and my tailbone was covered in plastic, and I, and I made a, a, a an overlapping sheath uh, of plastic uh, like scales from mm-hmm. my uh, from my from my back my backbone all the way down from my neck to my coccyx. Wow! And, uh, and then there's other things. Oh, I, I put tubes around my thighs in mm-hmm. a plastic tube. Uh, and I, uh, I, well, it was a bunch of, uh, for a while, I even had hockey gloves on and I don't know <laughs> if you have hockey gloves, but they're really big and protective. I, I didn't, I didn't stick with that because they were too cumbersome, but I went out of, and suffice it to say, I, I made sure I didn't get hurt when I fell down.
0: You know, I mentioned in the introduction, of course, that aside from the racing and the acting, that uh, Billy is also a very successful inventor. And as I'm listening to you talk about what you invented to give yourself protection, that was a great thing that you had the skill to put that all together. You know, Billy, one of the things, I, I went to a Catholic school where there were as many as 50 kids in a class, and while that sounds crazy now, one of the good things about it is you sure learned how to socialize or be in socialization with other kids when you are being tutored by someone like you were, and then you're on a set all day with mostly adults. Um, how did you learn to relate comfortably with, with your peers?
1: Well, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, somewhat of an issue. I, 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 uh, I got started acting at five. <laughs> so I was always around in, 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 in the, uh, in the, in my work environment was always around adults so uh, and 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 the fact that they they treated me as a as a professional actor and i enjoyed uh, that uh uh i i enjoyed that uh uh, uh what's the word i'm after uh, acknowledgement uh, mm-hmm. of personhood so I, I always felt good about myself oh yeah well uh, i think what helped everything was that my mom she was an actress and mm-hmm. uh, and 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 she had a very uh, unsuccessful marriage. And, and her, her husband was uh, 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 berated by his mother to the point where he didn't feel very good about himself. Ah. And so she went out of her way to make sure that I felt good about myself. Mm-hmm. So brainwashed me, basically, is what happened. <laughs> uh, from early on, when I, before I was really aware of it, she told me about it later. She would have this mantra that she would say to me: "You're Billy Gray. You can do anything." Wow. And she would say it over and over and over, and and I, I bought into it. You know, I just yeah. uh, I think I can do anything. I mean, <laughs> I'm a little more realistic now. I mean, basketball is not my my
0: <laughs> Right, right.
1: But uh, but overall, I, I I have the approach that uh, that that I I I can I can do yeah, it whatever yeah. it is. And uh, so I, I don't fear trying to do things, and 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 uh, and from my early skiing experience, I don't mind failing at it either
0: <laughs> and falling so, down. It, yeah.
1: it, you know it, everybody knows it. I mean, it's kind of a cliche. Failing is really uh, an opportunity to learn, yeah. and, and that's that's really true. I took that to heart.
0: One of the things that you uh, you kind of went around the rules on back then in the 50s and 60s was on getting high. And as we now know, in 1962, a policeman stops you and it causes you all sorts of problems. Billy could have faced as much as 10 years in jail for being convicted in that. He goes Nola Contendere and they make an arrangement. He's 45 days in jail. I mention that, Billy, because I walk down the streets of Manhattan now and I don't smoke. But just walking down the streets, I can get high because everyone else smokes. Did you know back in 1962 how kind of... Out of proportion, it was that people could have their careers ruined and be sent to jail for something as simple as smoking.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, I was aware that the law was wrong uh, mm-hmm. early on. And I, uh, a friend friend of mine, uh, uh, another kid actor, actually, uh, 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 Bobby Driscoll, he, uh, he introduced me, uh, or, or a friend of his, I'm not sure now, come, come to think of it, But anyway, it was early. It was like 15 or so. And I started smoking then and uh, and I never felt uh, like I was doing anything uh, particularly wrong. Uh, So I just I just felt, well, I'm right. And the, the world is wrong. And I didn't have a problem with that at all. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, related to that um, and I guess a lot of parents and grandparents watching a program like this uh will be uh, either surprised or or not so surprised by what you're saying, but like I have a lot of young friends in my parish who uh say they smoke every day and uh and I know the parents and grandparents have a problem with that. Do you have any idea why when you started smoking at fifteen? you did need to be smoking like it's one thing we make the choice to do it it's another if it's a a dependency was it a dependency for you
1: i i don't think it was a dependency in the in the uh, clinical sense okay but uh it's something that feels good Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: uh and and it does open your mind uh i mean it it lets you see uh from various perspectives that you wouldn't ordinarily be uh, 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 have available to you, mm-hmm. and, and that's, uh, that's that's broadening, and uh, I, I felt it was a positive on on balance, but uh, I can see how it could become a dependency in that in that it just feels good, you know, mm-hmm. and you want it, it feels good. It, it wasn't, it was never a physical dependency like a like a, a, what I suppose a heroin addiction is probably like, right. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you have a physical uh, necessity uh, in your, on your hands.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, I never felt that about it. But uh, if it was around, it was, uh, it was more pleasant uh, to, to take a poke every once in a while uh, than, uh, than not. And, uh, but I never, I never felt like uh, I was under its control or anything mm-hmm. or, or like it had a hold of me. But uh, it was just uh, something that was enjoyable to do.
0: Billy Gray is but our guest and I, I don't
1: uh, think go ahead. I'd like to I'd like to go on record as saying it uh, you know like it can be abused. There's yeah. no question about it. You, you 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 can go overboard with a good thing. Yeah and I'm sure people do. Uh well, thank thank uh, I, you
0: for that, I, Billy. I know a lot of parents out there will say I, uh, I can't it's good to hear.
1: Eyes about, you know, everybody should smoke. I'm not that's not my position. Right. But uh, but don't feel bad about yourself. If you do, you know,
0: you know, Billy Gray has talked before a number of times. I've heard him interviews, uh, praise the acting skills of his mom. And she was certainly a, a great actress, but Billy, let's go back to uh, their parenting, raising skills. When you look back to your mom and dad, can you name for us what they did in raising you that they did right?
1: Well, I think in, in retrospect, I'm glad my mom, uh, uh, brainwashed me because, uh, I think people uh, people have a tendency to to be timid, and and just kind of naturally because because if you do something that's unusual, you don't know what the result's going to be all the time, and and sometimes it, it's not a positive result. So yeah. people people re- uh, restrict themselves uh, more than they really
0: should. One of the reasons I reached out to you eighteen years ago was because. Uh, um, Jane Wyatt told me to now Jane Wyatt for those of our listeners and watchers who don't know great actress going back to movies like Lost Horizon and of course you played Billy's mother on Father Knows Best but very devout Catholic who loved Billy Gray and uh, and I, I found this quote Billy about your relationship with her which I love where you said I remember one time we went head-to-head because she was Catholic and I told her I was a devout atheist so we went back and forth on that. She kept insisting that I was really agnostic, and that's how we settled things. We agreed to disagree, but she really was my dear friend, and I was Paul Bear at her funeral. She was a wonderful lady, and I loved her. And, Bill, i got to tell you, what she said to me back then was how much she loved and admired you. So you had this special bond with this Catholic lady. But here's what I want to ask you, whether you call yourself agnostic or atheist— um, we had Ed Asner, the wonderful guest on the show, and in Wikipedia, he identifies as a Jewish atheist. So he was about 90 when he came on our show, and I said, let me ask you something, Ed. As you're 90 and heading toward the last roundup, are you still an atheist? And he said, you know, I'll say it this way, Monsignor Jim. He said, as I get closer to the end, I sure hope you people are right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and in the same way, like, do you hope in any way, shape, or form that there is a life to come?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I have given that some thought, uh, at 84, those thoughts yeah. do enter your mind. Sure. But uh, I, what I, what I've arrived at as far as, uh, philosophy is concerned yeah. is that, uh, the, the golden rule is really all that's required. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, I think there's one, uh, a uh, quote that uh, I think from the Jewish end of that is that everything else is commentary or something yeah. something to that effect. Right. But but I, I find that if 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 you let the golden rule guide your uh, actions, mm. it, it all works out just wonderfully well. And in fact, if if my ship ever comes in and I'm become a billionaire, right. be very unlikely. But if it does, the first thing I would do. Is set up a foundation to uh, see that the golden rule is taught in school from early on, from like mm. the first grade. Yeah, let people know that they're going to feel good about themselves if they don't take advantage of other people. Because it's yeah. pretty pretty easy to take advantage of people if if you if you've got a, a fairly decent mind. Uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of differentiation between intelligence on uh, there, there is a scale of, of you know some people are a little slower than others and yeah. it's pretty easy if you're if you're one of the speedy ones to take advantage of someone yeah. and it's too easy actually uh, and people get sucked into it and and become become people who who aren't proud of themselves yeah. and i think being proud of yourself is probably the best thing that can happen to you and uh, if you just follow the golden rule, everything works out. As far as afterlife, I kind of have my, my feeling on that is that there is a there's a universal intelligence of some kind. I, I'll, I'll go that far. And that and that at death, you become connected to that. Mm. So I see it as an ending. I see it more as a, uh, a continuation of the life experience in a different form.
0: Okay. You know, Billy, if I go before you, I'm going to come back and haunt you to show you that it's real. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you two. Uh, people may remember this. Uh, you worked closely. He was your your TV dad with Robert Young. Uh, since then, a lot of stuff has come out about how he struggled with depression. Uh, a wonderful man, apparently, and a great co-worker for you. But did you know back then much about depression? And And did you know he was a man who grappled with it?
1: I I I never I I did find out later that that he had uh, uh, issues with alcoholism, mm. and and I think that that is just a, a, a result or a symptom of of depression. Yeah. And uh, but I never I never realized anything like that while we were working. He he was a, a consummate professional, and, yeah. and, and 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 a sweet man. Uh, I never heard him be angry at anybody I'm sure he got angry from time to time but uh, he, he never expressed any anger towards anybody on the set mm-hmm. and uh, he was a, a model a model person uh, uh, as far as I could tell at the time uh, there was w- w- one thing uh, that, that I that I never could quite figure out but but frequently uh, we, we would be in a scene together and he would have me by the arms and he he'd, he'd, he'd be holding me. Ah. and his grip was always a little tighter than didn't hurt or anything, but it was always tighter than it needed to be. And I always wondered about that. And I, I but Jane actually told me later on that he did he did fall off the wagon on occasion. Hmm. And I'm thinking maybe he was just holding on to me so tight so <laughs> he didn't weave around. But but no, no, he was a he, he was a splendid person and but 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 he was uh, uh, a private person and, and, and I, I respected him for not uh, presuming to be my, to, to give me any fatherly advice. He never really got into me as, as, a, as, a, as a person mm-hmm. and said, Billy, you know, you're showing up late too often and you ought to, you know, get your act together. Something I mean, he never, he never did that. He never tried to be fatherly to me. And mm-hmm. I, 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 gotta, I gotta say, uh, thank you. Thank you, Bob, for that. Wow. And, oh, now, I don't know if I told you this about the about the show but it's something when I when I have the opportunity I like to I like to bring this to the, the attention of people mm-hmm. the original father knows best was a radio show and it had a question mark at the end and uh-huh. when he, he decided to take it to uh, television he, he the only uh, sponsor was Kent cigarettes that had a had a time slot available and for Kent cigarettes uh the the question mark was a, a, a deal breaker he told me it was a deal breaker and uh, we didn't go into why it's just that it was <laughs> and uh, and so it, the the show got turned the show's concept got turned on its head
0: right uh, right
1: the declarative statement father knows best which uh, i never i never bought into that you know i mean yeah. uh, uh, but, <laughs> but, but people do and people did and and I think he regretted that over over the years, but uh, it was the only way he could get the show on on television. That's so he had to drop question mark. But I always felt that, uh, that 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 question mark being on there was was tantamount to saying, uh, "To thy own self be true." Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I like that. You do that, you can't you can't be false to any man, and and that's a that's a wonderful message, you know. Uh, yeah but uh but it, it kind of got lost in the in the shuffle of commercial commercialism
0: billy gray is our guest billy let me ask you um this past weekend in church the gospel was jesus being asked by the apostles hey teach us how to pray and of course he teaches them the the our father but for me, one of the toughest lines in that prayer has always been, um, you know, uh, forgive us, Lord God, as, as we ourselves forgive those who do wrong to us. I mention that because when I read your biography and I hear that 1962, you two you've done all these TV and movies and a lot of people have worked with you, but your career in, in, in the acting community effectively ends. Your agent says, can't get you any work. People you worked with before don't work with you. I I read that story and I thought to myself, I'd be pretty ticked off at people who I worked with and frankly made a career off me who then when I was you know down, didn't help to pick me up. How well or how poorly does Billy Gray forgive people who let him down, disappointed him, uh, broken his heart? What kind of forgiver are you, Billy? Well, actually
1: it, it, it really wasn't as uh, uh dramatic or, or as traumatic as as you might think it was. Uh really. Because okay. at the end of the Father Knows Best uh show, I was I was pretty tired of playing that character. It was six years, two hundred episodes. Wow. and uh, Bud was and I and I was actually older than Bud was. Uh uh you know i was like 22 at the end of the show and i was playing something like 18 mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 i i the fact that i that i uh was persona non grata in hollywood because uh, i was a dope fiend apparently according <laughs> to the Enquirer, uh that didn't really affect me because i always had a pretty good feeling about myself mm-hmm. and the fact that i didn't want to do the the bud character anymore and th- those were the those were the uh, offers that I was getting was uh, more, uh, more of bud and so it wasn't uh, it wasn't so traumatic that I that I couldn't get work and yeah. on top of that uh, a few years later I discovered uh, uh, speedway and uh, and that took care of my performance uh, uh, jones <laughs> right. I, you know Cause it is it is a performance you're out there you know in front of an audience and you're you're trying to do the best you can and yeah. and so that kind of took care of my uh my, my my need to uh to to be a performer because i i i am a show off i basically <laughs> it's a show and i succumb to it
0: <laughs> but, and you admit but, it freely good for you <laughs> I,
1: I didn't have any uh uh hard feelings about the industry i i, mm-hmm. I knew I knew that uh, you know if you're if you're if you're seen as a dope fiend, you're not you're not going to get work. So there, it doesn't it didn't speak to me personally. Is what I guess the bottom line.
0: Okay, Billy Grays is our guest. Billy, uh, my dad went home to God when he was eighty four. Now that you're eighty four, my mom is a hundred and one. God willing, soon to be a hundred and two. So who knows how long any of us have? But does aging, especially a guy who's as dynamically alive as you have been in many ways, inventing and racing and acting does aging f- cause you any fear does what cause me fear yeah, aging
1: aging yes yeah. uh i've lost uh, well i had i had some uh, uh, medical issues I, I i lost both my tits uh uh for some reason or other i, I felt a little uh, pin a pin uh, like a a, a, a uh, what's a a, a, a a pea a pea-sized lump in my my uh my tit and uh, and had it had it had it taken out wow and, uh, and did a biopsy on it turned out it was it was cancer and so I had the breast removed and then another a month or two later I felt another little thing and so I had that breast removed and and then and then a few a year or two later I had a heart attack and so I had a quadruple bypass wow and so those 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 issues uh i kind of uh, my recovery time i i didn't i wasn't as active as i should have been in getting my muscle tone back and mm. so I, i'm not strong enough to 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 race motorcycles anymore yeah I, I would if i were if i were strong enough i'd be racing motorcycles right now at 84 or no
0: all right. Final question, Billy Gray, for you. I, um, years ago, I think maybe the first interview I ever did was with the film director, Frank Capra. And in his movie, It's a Wonderful Life, as well as in his personal philosophy, he would say physical illness is uh, is not most people's problem, but that the greatest uh, scourge of humanity is discouragement, uh, giving way to discouragement. Uh, with, with all the ups and downs of life, is Billy Gray still a person of hope? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. In fact, I even have hope for the 70 odd million people that voted for Trump. I think I think they can see. They, 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 eventually, they will see the error of their ways.
0: <laughs> all right. So you're a hope-filled man, and and Billy, I just thank you so much for coming on the program. Many many years after our first interview, I, I kind of like in some ways the effect that your mom's advice to you had of, of believing in yourself and having confidence in yourself. Uh, I also don't disagree with you at all that it's a better way to teach faith and religion to have a, a loving relationship with God than uh, one based on fear and i think a mistake of the past sometimes is that we 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 taught completely from a position of fear so i think in so many ways while you and i might have a one point of view or another that's uh, that goes in different directions i think you and me and jane wyatt have much more in common and you're right if every kid in the world could begin by being taught Uh, the golden rule, and and trying to live by it, we'd have a much better world. Uh, Billy, I'm praying for your continued good health, and I'm praying that there is a life to come, and I'm praying that I see you there, okay? I'll see you there. Thank you, Billy. Thank you for being with us on our program. If you want to reach me for any reason, I'm at podcast at gmail.com. You can also get past episodes of Personally Speaking or even current ones by going to YouTube and searching under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Santi." Please, if you would, hit like and subscribe. I'd also like to remind you that Personally Speaking is on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsigny Giamsanti. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. Please share and let others know about Personally Speaking. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer of Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you next time, again, on Personally Speaking.